we had the story of Jesus calms the storm. What I want you to keep in mind, that happened after Jesus started teaching this parable. And he was trying to teach his disciples something so they would understand what's going on and why everyone, there's a group of people that will be interested in the Lord Jesus but not follow his teachings. And he had set them up to believe, to understand, but the minute there was opposition or a problem, they left their teaching or what they knew about. It's like, did I even talk to you? Because they remember the one said, what? said, Lord, don't you even care about us? There's a storm, water's filling the boat, and yet you're here sleeping. And if you remember anything, I hope you remember that Jesus said to the wind and the blowing storm, shut up! We need that. And what he said to the waves, This was not an ordinary storm. Not every storm is an act of nature. This was demonic forces that had come against him because in this chapter, he has delivered people of demonic spirits. He was going over to the other side where there was a man who had been living like an animal because he was demon-possessed and Jesus was going to set him free. Demons do not like people to be set free. They want them bound, and they want them on their road to hell. And he will cause things to rise up to keep them from being set free. If that's all we learned today, a recap on last week's, that should be enough to give you power to say, when the storms arise, I am not engaging with these evil spirits who are coming against. So let's see what he taught before they got into that position. Matthew 13. The same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside, and great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spoke many things unto them in the parable, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed some seeds, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places, where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up, because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. 
Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. This is important because Jesus is telling a parable and then he's going to uh, uh, explain the parable and he says to those who have fears, let him hear. That's what he wants us to do today, to have understanding of what he taught. So he goes forth to explain it. And the other and the disciples came and said unto him, who do you speak to them? Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered and said unto him, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. This is important. Mark this in your Bible so you can study it further on your own. For whosoever has, to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. Let that sink in. But whosoever has not from him shall be taken away even that he has. He had so many people following him that he had to get in a boat and go out into the water so that he could speak to the multitude that was gathered on the side. And just like today, the disciples were impressed that so many people had followed Jesus. But Jesus knew that the people who were following him, only some had a little understanding of him and what he was doing. Just like today, people follow Jesus, they're attracted to large gatherings about Jesus. There is a um, program being put together in Reclaw for unity of Christians and it will be an outdoor concert and it's called unity good idea not opposed to that but to give you an example people who are <coughs> supporting it can't even get along with people in their church or family and they're so happy where community is coming together in unity. <laughs> yeah, laugh. And I'm not opposed to that. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's, it's good. Jesus said, uh, you know, we're one in the spirit. We're one in the Lord. Not taking away the, from the efforts of anybody who's setting out to be good. But just like this crowd, because we bring people together, doesn't mean they have an understanding of Jesus or who he is. Now, if you want to have everybody in the neighborhood come, fix a dinner, and say we're having food this Sunday, people will line up. And those who can't come will say, bring me a plate home. <laughs> you'll see them piling a plate, covering with foil, taking it home. As long as Jesus was giving out something, they were ready to come and follow him. As long as Jesus was healing somebody or performing a miracle, they were ready to be inconvenienced and go and follow him. 
Jesus knew that. And by his grace, he still gave out the word, knowing that many of those who were in his uh, uh, congregation that day were not having any understanding that he was the son of God who had come to save him. Amen. So he told his disciples this story. And I just think that is written so curiously, if you don't have anything, you're not going to have anything. If you have something, it's going to grow. Yeah. Ponder on that. Think about that this week. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because they seeing not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which says, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should not understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you, that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which you see, and have not seen them, and to hear those things which you hear, and have not heard them. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sore, and Jesus goes on to explain it. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, and understands it not, there cometh the wicked one, and catches away that which is sown as his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside, but he who receives the seed into stony places, the same as he who hears the word, and anon with joy receives it, yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is offended. He also who received the seed among the thorns is he who hears the word. And the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful. But he who receives seed into the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it which also bears fruit and brings forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let me go over that, what Jesus explained. Jesus is the sower, and he sows the word in dirt. From the dust of the earth, God created man. He is using the soil again as a metaphor to know, remind us that we are nothing more than, say it? Dirt. Dirt. Humans are, they, he was in that crowd with those curious people who came. Let's go check it out. Let's see what they're saying. 
There was the people who were wanting. I heard there's going to be food. <laughs> hey, he's done some miracles. Maybe you can get your back straightened out. And there were those who were committed, all mixed together, coming to see Jesus. And he said he sows the word. He said, first it falls on the wayside. That was a footpath. So if you can imagine a farmer throwing out seed and at the edge of his property, there's a, a, a well-worn path that people walk over. What happens when people walk over uh, again and again and again and it's used as a thoroughfare for people to walk on, to roll their carts on? The dirt gets hard and compacted. We don't want to fall on that kind of dirt. It hurts. It becomes it becomes like concrete. Have you seen dirt so hardly yes. hard, uh, compacted? It, it, you might as well fall on concrete. So when the seed falls on it, there is no place for it to put its roots down. It cannot penetrate. I'm curious about that because you see the atrium. I love to grow plants. My dad's the one who got him healthy. I have to hope I can maintain that or bring him down once a week to tend to him. Because I want to water them. As soon as that soil is dry, I'm thinking, oh, they must be thirsty. But the roots down have penetrated that top soil, and they're down below, and there's some moisture down there. And I forget about it. I'm just looking at the top. But there's no place for those seeds. It's so hard they can't penetrate through that soil. And when the sun comes up, those poor seeds, they're just dried up because they have no moisture. They can't get into the soil. And they die as a seed before they've ever got roots out. If that doesn't happen first, Satan sends his demons to come pluck the word up before it can have any effect on a person's life. We usually don't have people come to church that are that hard-hearted, but occasionally they do, and it doesn't make any impact on them because their hearts are not open to what God can do. He said the next kind of soil is a rocky soil. And sometimes the seeds will fall on that. We had rocky soil in Carrots, didn't we, Brooke? Our whole mountain we lived on was like a rock garden. <laughs> Dry soil that blew in the wind. And it could possibly find a place, a little place where it could grow because remember in the springtime things would get green but as soon, we didn't have a long springtime in California very short as soon as that spring weather was gone, the heat was back and whatever had grown in those little crevices among the rocks dried up and blew away 
These are like people, they like the thought of Jesus. They even say, yeah, he's cool. We respect him. New Age Movement loves Jesus as a figurehead, as somebody who did great things. Other religions like Jesus as a prophet, as a good man, but they do not respect him as God and they don't want to be discipled by him. These are people whose motto is, I did it my way. They have a vision of themselves conquering, being successful, and without the need of setting under and being discipled. You see it in the beginning, Cain and Abel. As a kid, I thought, man, this story was harsh. I didn't really have the understanding yet. But when Abel brought forth his offering from the sheep he had raised, it was an acceptable offering unto God. When Cain, who was a farmer, brought forth the fruits as an offering, God rejected it, and Cain was envious of his brother Abel, who had been obedient and had given what God had instructed to be given. And I thought, wow, that's hard. Cain was so envious and mad that he killed his own brother over it. Because Cain believed, I, I worked hard for this. I can give what I want. This should be just as good as what Abel gave. People today think their works are good enough for God. He doesn't want your works. He wants your belief and he wants your obedience. And it's not about what we do. It's about are we doing what he told us to do? <coughs> then he said, some went into the weeds and the thorns. It went into good soil, but what happened was when they started growing up, it looks like we're going to have a good crop this year. Look at how it's growing. But all of a sudden, there was weeds and thorns all over I had a pasture when I moved here, 20 acres of pasture. I didn't like it because it required a lot of care. And if you didn't give it the care it needed, the plowing, the, the, uh, the uh, fertilizer, the cutting, in no time that beautiful pasture would turn to weeds and thorns. We had a wonderful berry that grew wild in the pasture. You remember those berries? Good. But even our dogs would find them. If they, if they found them first, the dogs would eat them up before we could go pick them. But they couldn't last because the weeds and the thorn would come up. You know what weeds and thorns are for our lives? They're the things that we value more than we value the Lord Jesus Christ. And let me make it clear in our culture, in America, what that is. We can put our family above the Lord. Well, you don't think people do that? They make decisions every day 
well, my kids, I'd like to send them to Christian school, but they don't have a football team. I'd like them to hear the word of God every day, and I'd like them to be raised up in that, but I just don't like some of those things they do there. Or our family has always done this, and they value family tradition more than they value the word of God. Mom, you were Baptist. You thought your kids would be Baptist. That could be a bit of family tradition. Yeah. Married in the Baptist church. <laughs> our friends. We'd like to do that, but see our friends go to that hip cool church down the street, and we want to be with them because we really love our friends. Coward. I've served you, Lord, but I'm running for U.S. Senator in California. I won't use Texas because that won't be a hindrance right now. And you know, it's a liberal state, and if I am a self-proclaimed Christian, it would really make it difficult for me to be elected. Lord, I, I would serve you, but I have so much wealth to take care of, and I don't like to have to go to church and feel like I'm supposed to give. Because I have my plan set out. I have my investments, I have my retirement, and I have what I provide for my family, and I don't really have room to help take care of the church. Lord, I'd serve you, but our soccer games are only on Sunday mornings. And that's the only day of the week we really have to play soccer in the whole league, you know. They're good people. Those are good people who are on the league and planet. And they have good morals and they have good characters. And our kids are really learning good social skills being in soccer. And, and we, we, we're going to keep them in soccer and, you know, we'll teach them at home about the Lord. Lord, I value knowledge. Let me assure you, there are great Christian institutions that still exist that offer higher education. I went to one, and they are in existence. But my dad went to Stanford, and that's so prestigious, I want to go to Stanford. <laughs> I, 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 I See, Lord, I was raised in church. I'll be okay. I won't... I, I can filter out what they're teaching there because I value education. Oh, I, I'm helping my daughter-in-law get going to a college. It's not a Christian college. I'm not against that. I'm, I'm, I've assisted you, right, in getting started there. Not talking about that. I'm talking about when you value that more than being a disciple, our careers. It's good to have dreams. It's good to have a vision of where you want to be in life with your career. 
But when that becomes more important than following Jesus with an understanding of who he is and being his disciples, that becomes the weeds and the thorns that can choke out any type of relationship you thought you were going to have with Jesus. See, in Acts we read the story of Ananias and Sapphira. There was a time when the church came together and because of persecution they were selling everything, pooling their money and their resources to help take care of each other at that time. It was that moment in history they needed to do that. It was not a lifestyle that was meant to last forever. And people were bringing their resources into the church and Ananias and Sapphira brought and said, we sold some property, here's our money from that. The Holy Spirit revealed they were liars. They had kept a portion back from themselves and the Holy Spirit struck them dead in front of the congregation. You think lying is cute and funny? If you could go back in history and have a conversation with Ananias and Sapphira, you'd find it's not a laughing matter. We don't lie about what we give. See, that what they gave, gave was not the problem. They could have said, hey, we took $10 out on the way because we had to fill up with gas to get here. But they chose to be the big dogs and say, oh, we just sold our property. Here, we're giving it all to the church. The Holy Spirit said, not cute. And they were dead in front of everybody. Those are the kind of things that come in with people we thought had started well. But we find that they were never sold out to Jesus Christ because these things interfered or got in their way of commitment. We need to be 100% on board. But he said, if you don't have it, you're not going to get it. If you got it, you're going to get more. I like the sound of that. I like the sound of that. I can... I have to tell you, I have never had to suffer much financially in my life. When I was in graduate school, my dad almost cried when he saw where I was living. But you know, I didn't seem to have a problem with it, did I? I was okay because I knew that wasn't me. That was temporary. That was one year when I was going, I was going to have my master's degree, and I did not look at the circumstances. Even with that, I had a new car I was driving, didn't I? You, you, you want to talk about wealth? What did I sell to go to graduate school? My Mercedes Benz. <laughs> Oh, no, not a regular one. My sports coupe with two tops. The hard top that you could take off. And then if weather got bad, you could 
push that button and have that soft top come up. But wealth did not hold me because wealth was just a means to an end. It was not important to hold on to the wealthy thing. I never except for a circumstance like that, had to rent. And you know when I was renting that? I owned a vacation house in the mountains. I never had to walk someplace or take public transportation because I had a vehicle. <clears throat> There was something that he said, good soil. You know what good soil does? It produces fruit. And he said, some a hundredfold. I didn't know I could ask. I lived all my life pretty, like I said, without a lot of financial suffering. Those times I, you know, may have looked bad, it was temporary and it was on my way somewhere. And I never cried about it. I didn't say, look where I have to live. I was like, oh, finally, get a place to live. That's a whole nother story I might tell you someday. And it didn't, it was only for the summer. I, I only lived in that dilapidated building three months and then got a modern apartment after. Good soil, when it goes into that, it's going to grow fruit. That seed is going to take root and it's going to be producing fruit in our lives. That's what he wants to see. That's what the pastor's heart is today, is to see people who are not struggling anymore. And if I've the ones that came to the New Year's service, and it was remarkable, wasn't it, that the Lord had a word that was for two people who did not, who don't know each other well, who don't know each other's history, but the Lord said, I brought you here for this time because there's something that you have in common, and I want to change it in you. Not everyone who hears the voice of the Lord is capable of making those changes because we serve them. But what we have in our power today is say, Lord, I want to be good soil. I want your word to land in me. I want it to take root. And Father, all these things that I used to do that interfere with this your word taking root I want it gone in the name of Jesus because there's something when we come to him, all things pass away and all things become new. That means those of us who had a history of being liars, braggarts, cheaters, we've turned around and say, Lord, I don't lie anymore. I don't cheat anymore because I know you and I know you're going to take care of me and if I know if I humble myself 
See, these, a lot of these people didn't want to humble themselves because humbling is to say, get on our knees and say, Lord, you have a better way than I could ever imagine. Amen. David said, your ways are higher than my Lord. Amen. That's what he could say. He could say, this is what I could do. But Lord, I recognize what you can do. And if we get it about having no fear from last week, that we have the power to say, shut up. Amen. We say shut up to those old thoughts that tell us to do what we used to do. I don't care where we come from. Now, because I said I never had problems financially in life, doesn't mean I've been problem free. Seems like we all suffer uniquely in our own ways with our own sets of problems. Nicole got it when she read about Amy Simple McPherson. She's studying women, biblical uh, women in history. And she said, I was thinking, that's like you, Pastor Deborah. <laughs> See, some of the things Sister Amy went through, I've gone through. I've had my own problems, my own sorrows. I think God finances wasn't one of them. But that doesn't mean I've been problem-free. Whatever I face, if you cannot believe it, you are sitting in a place of faith right now. Because Brooke and I, she knows because she was sharing a small office space with me. Now we've been increased a hundredfold. Her big office is way down there, and my big office is way down there. Then I ride my bike down to her office. <laughs> How are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? And she knows when the Lord speaks, it isn't from always an evangelist who comes to church, lays hands on you and says this. She saw me say, oh, Brooke, call. Middle of the day, middle of work, not talking about it, nothing. Because the Holy Spirit just gave me an idea that I couldn't have on my own and said, let's start here. I'm just like, oh, Jesus, I hope this is it. Oh, Jesus, I hope this is it. Because I'm seeing the vision, but I can't see the clear path on how to get to the end of the vision. Oh, yeah, we can do that. Brooke and I went, oh, we didn't want to act a fool in front of a person we're doing business with, but we gave each other yes. a look like, oh, my God, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and we're at the point where we are today to build a healthy church. We've got to pray, Lord, let my heart be one of good soil. I want your word to take fruit, to take root and produce good fruit where I can see a hundredfold increase of what I was before. I want to be an advancer in the kingdom of God not satisfied with how I have lived and depended on my own works to get me where I am today. I want you to lead me. I want you to guide me. Because everything 
Let me tell you something about things we can do for ourselves. They wear out, they get old, they're not exciting anymore. But the blessings that come from God, they add riches to our life and nothing bad is attached to it. Isn't that great? Yes. God is amazing. I want I want him to prepare my heart. If you're not understanding to what was so grievous to me, the disciples were trying to get this. They were trying to understand that, but they didn't fully recognize yet who Jesus was. Not until his resurrection and he appeared to them from the dead did they come into full understanding of he was Jesus, the Son of God, and he would be alive forever. Don't remain ignorant. If you don't understand, you know what you say? Jesus, give me understanding. Jesus, I need help because I, I, I don't get this at a level where I know I want to get it. Give me understanding where I can receive it and I can apply it and I can walk in it. Because that's when lives will be changed. What happened to all those people who had followed him? All those people who had, he had just come into Jerusalem and they were waving palm leaves and saying, Oh, Jesus, King Jesus. Who are the same ones saying, Kill him! Kill him! Because when they didn't get what they wanted from him, they were ready to see him die. Only a handful. One disciple, John, and his women followers were there at the cross to be with him in his final hour. God, help me be one who would be willing to be the ones in the final hour, not for my sake, but because I understand completely who you are. You know what it does? It takes the girl Brooke. And Brooke, I, I'm saying this because I, I, I don't know, but I, I heard somebody said, well, I don't want my child being taught by Brooke. Nobody here. Oh, wow. a, a, lady, a, a mother that came to see the school said, I think my child would do better in Miss Brooke's class. That just happened this week. Because they don't understand what God has done in them. When we move from you from that school, that wasn't her choice. She didn't want to move. It's like, you know, gas, gas, <laughs> gas is cheaper driving a couple of miles than it is uh, 15 miles. Mm -hmm. 15 miles from your house. But she came. She had a class she really wanted, but things didn't work out. So we had to put her into a class she really didn't want. Every teacher 
in the preschool says we're so glad Brooke is here. We're learning so much from her. It's not because, because the word of God took seed in her heart and the fruit is growing. I have a teacher with a master's degree and over 30 years experience teaching and she said I'm so glad I have Miss Brooke <laughs> I've learned so much that's an honor yeah. mm -hmm. I'm not to your ego to the work that God has done in your heart that somebody experienced and the foolish parent who says I don't want her teaching my child doesn't have a clue because they can't receive spiritual things that's true So we don't worry about those. Jesus did. And you know what he did? He kept giving to the word, even though he figured that, yeah, they're not going to receive it, but I'm going to spread the word anyways. That's an example for us. We don't decide. We're not going to give the word out. We're not going to help give the word to those people because they don't have any understanding. We don't know what the Holy Spirit is capable of doing in their heart. Aren't you encouraged this morning? Yes. Yes. So this week, if you go through a storm, you should be well equipped to tell those demons. Brooke, did you handle your storm better last week? Yes, I did. I was impressed with my own self. <laughs> as soon as you said, this is happening, I gave you the word. Did, I didn't yes, say nothing. I, just, I said, here's the word. Mm -hmm. The word is more powerful than any demonic force that can come against us. Amen. And when we hold on to the word, what came against you was like, Yes. Dissipated. That is so Fell true. off. Nothing happened. Mm -hmm. The person who meant it against you just is on to a ne um, her next crazy dilemma that mm -hmm. doesn't involve us. That's how the word does. It prepares us. It makes us strong. We've got the power in the name of Jesus. That's why we say I'm here. I'm going to be discipled, and I'm not going to let anything stand in my way. And if I can encourage you, as Jesus gave forth the word, this, give forth a word. There's people who are hurting. There's people who need to hear sound teaching, and you've got to let them know. It's happening in a lot of places. But you know firsthand where it's happening. Come with me. We're getting the word that prepares us, that is life-changing, and that is going to change the uh, path I am on and put me in a position of being a fruit producer. God, can you share that testimony with somebody this week? Praise. Well, you know, this three years before 
this happened. Jesus or John was at the river baptizing, and Jesus came. And when John saw him on the bank, he said, Behold the Lamb of God that take away the sins of the world. In our relationship with the Lord and with our relationship with the family of God, we may see something that doesn't penetrate or we don't get a hold of until maybe three years down the road. But I want you to be encouraged this morning that we're receiving, receiving teaching here that we will know tomorrow and we won't have to go back and check and say, what she say? It's the living word that's in us. And we need to thank God every day that we're receiving the word of God is coming to us today. Father, we're thankful for you and for your son Jesus that came that we may have this abundant life. We're thankful for the teacher you've given us. We ask that you bless her, strengthen her. Lord, let the Holy Spirit explode inside of her and begin to give her greater knowledge and greater understanding. And open our ears and our hearts that we may be receptive to what the Spirit would say to the church. And we will praise and thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.